Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. And we want you to come right on into the class today and allow this to happen. Uh, Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God what uh, natural food does for our body, God's anointed word does for our spirit. We need to be fed spiritually. If you're not fed spiritually, and if you're not fed the right things, you'll grow weak. And when you're weak in spirit, everything seems too daunting, too hard. You, you can't see how to win, how to overcome. But the stronger your faith is, the bigger God uh, is in your eyes and the smaller and more trivial your problems are. And it's not that they changed, it's that you changed. Hallelujah. And we can grow from grace to grace to faith to faith. That's what's supposed to be happening in our walk with God. So come on into the class. Let's allow that to happen today. Father, we join together in faith, all of us, asking for the utterance, for the anointing, for the working of your word and your spirit and your ministering spirits to accomplish your will and your plan. We ask for it. We believe we receive it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you turn please to Matthew 9 in the scriptures. We are continuing in our study uh, we're calling Faith for Healing, and this study involves looking at each of the 20 individual cases of healing in the ministry of Jesus, one at a time and in detail. We looked at the healing of the leper, we looked at the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, and now we're looking at a third one here, the healing of the paralyzed man. So in Matthew 9, let's read Matthew's account again, verse 1. When Jesus was entered into a ship, he passed over and came to his own city. Behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy. He was paralyzed. That word palsy means. and um, Some words indicate loosed from the side, uh, which could imply um, half the body paralyzed from a stroke. Or we don't know. It could have been something else. But the result is... Uh, part of his body does not work. And so that's why these four friends of his had to literally carry him uh, to, to where Jesus was. And um, it just, it reminds us uh, that it doesn't matter what the problem is, it can be healed. Right? Sometimes people will look at things like this and go, oh, you know, spinal cord severed, uh, paralysis you know, from the waist down, from the neck down, and people look at that like, well, you know, that's, you know, that's impossible. Well, if you were doing it, <laughs> you know, okay, it could be impossible, but uh, you couldn't do the little thing. 
And with God, doing that thing is, is not hard for him any more than doing the little thing. Uh, all things are possible with God and all things are possible to him that believes. We need to uh, have this. If you hadn't got here, you, this is the first step. You need to believe it's possible for something like this to happen. Right? Would, even if you're really new to this, uh, you want to at least acknowledge that it's possible for a paralyzed person to be made whole and able to walk again and function again. Somebody say, it is possible. It is possible. possible. With God, all things are possible. And, And what else? With those that believe. That's the other side of it. All things are possible to those that believe. And so they brought this paralyzed man lying on a bed. Jesus saw their faith. And he said to the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, your sins be forgiven you. Behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think you evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, Your sins be forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then says he to the sick of the palsy, Arise Take up your bed, go to your house, and he arose and departed to his house. He did exactly what the Lord told him to do. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled, and they glorified God, which had given such power, or that's the word for authority, unto men. Look in Mark, the second chapter, Mark 2 and verse 1, Mark's account of the same healing. Again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. It was noised that he was in the house. Straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born or carried by four. And when they could not come near unto him... For the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick of the palsy, Son, your sins be forgiven you. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Now he goes on to say, why do you reason in your hearts about this? Which one is easier to say your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? Uh, Forgiveness or healing? Which one's easier? And he proved there's no difference in the source of them and the receiving of them when he told the man to act on the healing word, and he did, proving that when he told him his sins were forgiven, that happened too. That was true. Now notice this, when he says, uh, your sins are forgiven, they were irritated and angered about this, and they said, this man is speaking blasphemies. Who can forgive sins but God only? We just got through reading in Matthew, that last verse of the, the passage, said the people marveled that God had given such authority to men. Uh, do men today have authority to proclaim that sins are forgiven or to proclaim uh, healings 
are instructions about healing. Um, there's still many today who would agree with the Pharisees and the doctors of the law and say, mm, God only, God only. And if you say, well, that's, that's what Jesus did. They say, well, that's Jesus. He's God. Still, God only. No, they didn't see him as God. Why are they having a problem with him? Right? They didn't see him as God, and he's not functioning as God. He is God. I'm not saying he stopped being God, but he emptied himself and became like other men, Philippians says. And he had to be anointed like we talked about. Go with me to the book of Acts in the uh, ninth chapter, I believe it is. And let's see some more about this. What um, The key here uh, that we'll see is that Jesus saw their faith. That's why we keep hearing that phrase. Why did he tell him, your sins are forgiven you? It came right after the phrase, he saw their faith. And then why did he tell him, rise, take up your bed and go to your house? Because he saw their faith. And he's helping them, helping him to act on his faith, encouraging him. Why did he tell him, your sins are forgiven you? He saw the man's faith. So what does he want him to do with this, your sins are forgiven you? He wants him to believe it and he wants him to receive it. Right? He wants him to believe that his sins are forgiven. He wants him to receive that. It takes faith to receive that. You, you, you believe that, obviously, by faith. You receive that by faith. And yet there are people who say, yeah, but now that, that's Jesus, Brother Keith. That's Jesus. And I'm telling you, he's doing it as a man. And you can see that's the case because it continued to happen after he left the earth and went to the right hand of the Father, it continued to happen through his church in the book of Acts. You'll see it in this passage right here in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, verse 32, it says that Peter passed through all quarters and he came, this is, uh, like I said, verse 32, he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the what? <laughs> this is a similar situation, isn't it, to what happened with Jesus. Why is it in the book of Acts? Have you ever read the book of Acts? Have you ever have you read this? You know what, what's about to happen here? Huh? Anybody, have you read it? Do you know? Well, why though? I mean, a lot happened in the early days of the church that's not recorded. I mean, there were lots of ministers doing lots of things, not just the apostles. There were apostles, there were prophets, there were evangelists and pastors and teachers. There were lay people that wouldn't even call a minister like Ananias. You remember that? I mean, there, uh, there are numbers of people that the Spirit of God is moving through and working through. And if you didn't realize where you were reading in Acts, it sounds just like what, you, what we're reading in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Class, did you notice that? If you didn't know you were reading in Acts, you could almost think you were reading in Matthew. 
because somebody passed through the area and came to a place and there's a man there that's taken with the palsy for eight years and he gets healed. That sounds exactly like what we've been studying for weeks, right? Hmm? And yet, it's not Jesus personally doing it. It is him doing it, but he's doing it through his body. Can you say amen? amen. And this is how uh, it happened. He found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. <laughs> uh, I, it's kind of a play on the term, but you'd be sick of it too. <laughs> right? After eight years. And, <laughs> and the reason I, I know that sounds humorous, but you do need to get fed up with stuff that you're no longer going to tolerate it. And, and that is in opposition to what even sometimes professionals will try to tell you that you need to learn to accept it. And you need to learn to just get used to your new normal and this is your life now. But what that is doing is believing there can be no change. That is uh, any kind of miracle is impossible. We believe in God. We believe in miracles, right? So you deal with what you have to deal with under the present circumstances but you don't just accept it that you have to live this way the rest of your life. No, you don't. And if your faith's not there yet, well, what do you do? You put your nose in this book. You, you draw near to God. You seek Him. You ask Him to help you get built up. You even drop by faith school. <laughs> Is that right? And you feed and you feed and you stir. And you don't hang out with people that try to talk you out of it. You don't. You find people that help you, that'll be faith buddies, that'll encourage you. And you don't want to go to churches where they tell you it's all passed away. Hmm? You don't want to put your tithes and offerings in there and support them trying to take faith out of you. You don't want to do that. Yeah, but well, my family's been there for just, I don't care if it's been 10 generations. You need to listen to me now. You don't want to support something that's hurting you, that's telling you that the Bible's not true, that's telling you that these things have passed away and you can't have a miracle. It's simply not true. And I know many people are that way, but you, you know, especially when you're dealing with something that's life and death, you've been told you have a terminal condition, an incurable condition, you don't have time to play with this. Or to entertain all this other stuff. You can't afford it. You can't afford it. You need to cut off the stuff that is hindering your faith. And you need to take advantage of that which is building your faith. And feed on it night and day. Until you get to the place where you're no longer scared. You're no longer timid. You're no longer questioning. You are fully persuaded and ready to see some miracles in your life. Can you say amen? amen? This happened. He found this man named Aeneas, had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Arise and make your bed. <laughs> that sounds exactly like something Jesus would do. You know why? They hung out with Jesus. Is that right? 
They saw this. But now, if you listen to religious tradition, they could have believed, well, yeah, but that was Jesus. You know, Jesus could do that. But no, God has given authority unto men. Like we saw from Ephesians, I think it was yesterday's class, um, he's the head. He's been given a name which is above every name, but the head is not severed from the body. That authority and power, everything has been placed under his feet. Well, the feet are in the body. That's us. We're the body. And just a few verses later, it says, we have been raised up together with him. We have been made to sit together with him in heavenly places. What does that mean? We are in a place of authority as well. And you see Peter acting on this. You see others acting on this throughout the book of Acts. Now, he didn't just, he didn't say, Aeneas, I'm healing you. See, that'd be wrong. Can you see that? And it'd be wrong to say, you know, uh, if somebody came down to receive forgiveness to say, I forgive you. Well, I'm not the head of the church. Can, can you see that? But we, we can, uh, when we see people's faith, we can say, you are forgiven. The Lord forgives you. You are healed. The Lord heals you. Can we say that in the right circumstances? I've said it many times when I've given an invitation for people to come receive the Lord and be saved, be born again, come back to God. And they've come, uh, maybe down to the front, and I see people, I see their hearts, I see they're touched, I see they're sincere. Well, why did they get up and come? Right? I see their faith. Can, can, you, can you see this? I see their faith. And I've led them in a prayer to receive the Lord and confess Jesus as Lord. And the scripture said, if you do that, you'll be saved. Didn't it say that? In Romans 10, 9 and 10. And they've done it. And so many times I've looked at them and I said, you know, you, you've done this from your heart. You believe this. You stand before the Lord forgiven and as clean as though you'd never made a mistake. Am I telling them their sins are forgiven? Yes. Yeah. I'm not telling them I did it, but I have the authority to do it. And why would I do it? Because I saw their faith. Yeah. Well, see, that's in the area of forgiveness the same thing is true in the area of healing. We saw it, and in fact, you're here in Acts, just turn over to the 14th chapter. Let's remind ourselves again. 14.7, when uh, Paul and his company, they came down and preached the gospel in these cities and regions, there said a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, had, who had never walked. And so this is a similar situation. Again, this man's got part of his body that doesn't work like the other two paralyzed men that Jesus ministered to and the one that Peter ministered to. And the same heard Paul speak who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Like we said, that word perceive is the same Greek word that's translated saw uh, where it says Jesus saw their faith. It's the same word. So did Paul see this man's faith? He did. Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. So what did he do? 
He said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. That sounds a whole lot like arise, doesn't it? Arise, get up. And the man didn't think about it. He just acted on it. And when he did, when he made that attempt to get up, and he's not just trying it, he believes he's doing it. When he reached the end of his ability to do it, the power of God made up for the rest. The power of God fixed his feet, fixed his ankle bones. And, you know, God's the one who created the human body, who causes the bones to form in the womb to start with. Couldn't he fix them? You know he can. You know he can. And so he did. And the reason why did Paul call on that man? It's a big crowd there, I reckon. Why did he call on him? And he didn't say anything about him calling on everybody there at that moment. Because he saw his faith. He perceived he had faith to be healed. And so can you see, why why am I bringing up these accounts? Peter did the same thing. Paul did the same thing that Jesus did when Jesus looked at somebody and said, your sins are forgiven you. You're healed, right? Go your way. He's saying that in response to, to their faith, seeing their faith, and of course, by the prompting of the Spirit of God as well, it all happens at the same time. And so we can see, you know, they, they scoffed and mocked, if you want to go back to Mark now, Mark the second chapter, they're scoffing, mocking, uh, they think they're righteously indignant, it's not righteous, but they think it is, that... Um, Jesus has told this man his sins are forgiven, and they said, who can forgive sins but God only? This God only stuff, I'm telling you, it has robbed the church so terribly and continues to this day. God's in control. God, it's only God, only God, God only. This wrong belief, this wrong doctrine is robbing the church right and left. It's not God only. The head of the church functions through his body. Hallelujah. And God has given authority unto men. Hallelujah. Unto his people. He has given authority. Authority to speak. Authority to act. And when we see faith, to call on that faith. Your sins have been forgiven you. What? Receive it. Believe it. Receive it. Receive a healing. Receive it. Act on it. The more we're persuaded of this and the more we begin to act like this, we will begin to see the same kind of things that see in Jesus' ministry that they saw in the days of the early church in the book of Acts. How many know we're a part of that same church? Right? We're a part of that same church. We're supposed to be preaching the same gospel. Right? We got the same Holy Spirit that you read about in every page in the book of Acts. Same, same, same. If you got the same spirit, the same message, the same faith, you should have the same results. Shouldn't you? You should have the same kind of healings, the same kind of deliverances, even the same kind of signs and wonders and miracles. If you believe it, say, I believe it. (laughs) So, uh, Immediately, verse 8, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said to them, why reason these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick, 
your sins be forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed, and walk. So here he gets to this question of which one is easier. And we have touched on this before, but this will bear a, a lot of repetition. You'll hear people say things like, well, if it's God's will for people to be healed, wouldn't they be healed? Well, see, that's, that's that mentality of God only. God's in total control. Everything that's happening is God's will and choice. Well, no, that's not true. What do you mean? If it was God's will for them to be healed, they'd be healed. No, that's not true. God's given us a free will. If that's true, then it would also be true if it's God's will for somebody to be saved, they'd be saved. If it's God's will for somebody to be forgiven, they'd be forgiven. You got to see the answer to so many questions about healing are right here when Jesus says, which one's easier? They are the same. They were procured in the same redemption. They are received by the same faith. Both of them are the will of God. Well, if it's God's will, then it'll happen, people say. You know, God's will, it must have been, you know, God's will that it didn't happen because it didn't happen. Well, if it's God's will, it will happen. It's not true. If God's perfect will was accomplished, everybody on the planet would be born again today. We know that's true because he said he's not willing that any should perish. So it's not his will that people perish without him. And yet we're told that many are going to perish. Many have rejected him. What? Even though it's his will. No, people must believe it as a choice. They must receive as a choice. And here's the good news. Have you ever received forgiveness, child of God? Then you already know how to receive healing. <laughs> I said, you already know how to receive a healing. And you've already proven you can receive something that you don't see, that you don't touch. How do you touch forgiveness? <laughs> how do you see forgiveness? How do you receive forgiveness? You just accept it. It's a choice. You accept it. You believe you receive it and take it. And now you believe you are forgiven. Why? You didn't see any writing in the sky. Lightning bolt didn't hit you. Why? By faith. Oh, friend, we can do the very same thing with healing. It's got nothing to do with how you feel, what kind of test results or report. You just believe you receive your healing. And now that you believe you received it, you believe you are. It's not you feel you are or you look like you are. You believe you are. You believe you receive it. Somebody said out loud today, I receive. I, receive. I, believe, I, receive I believe I receive forgiveness. forgiveness. I believe I receive, I believe I receive healing. healing. Which one's easier, Jesus said. Well, they're both the same. They're both. Aren't you glad he didn't say which one's the hardest? That means both of them's hard. Maybe one's harder than the other. No, which one's easy? That means both of them are easy because he provided both of them. Can you say amen? amen? And both of them are received by grace and faith. And our time's up for today. 
We'll see you again right here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.